Christians doubt, not as if I'm the authority on the subject, but if the stories we read in the pages of Holy Scripture of believers and their struggles to hold on to God's promises are any indication of the ordinary Christian life, then yes, Christians doubt. Just with a straightforward reading, we can see that the Bible is full of evidence that we come from a long line of doubters. Abraham, the psalmist, John the Baptist, the Apostle Thomas. From the weakest to the strongest, we are, as the hymn writer puts it, prone to leave the God we love. Doubt is something we need to be ready for. We need to be able to defend ourselves and our fellow saints in Christ when doubt barges in and seeks to afflict us by robbing us of the comfort and assurance we have by our faith in our Savior. God knows this inherent weakness in us. It is a characteristic flaw we wish we could shed off, and one day we will. But for now, we struggle as exiles, not yet at home. And here to help me tackle this difficult topic of doubt and despair is my good friend, Josh Lawrence. Hey, Corby. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. So Josh and I both attend uh, Redeemer Reformation Church, which is a local church here in Regina, Saskatchewan. And uh, so he's helped me a lot uh, through different theological struggles I've had and growing in my faith. So I really appreciate you being here, Josh. Yeah. The first question I have here or that we should tackle, I guess, is, you know, what is doubt? That's It seems like a really basic question. Uh, I think doubt mostly has to do with unbelief maybe questioning your faith based on a number of factors, questioning whether or not God exists. Is he there? And I think there's all kinds of things in life that can, you know, lead to you having that doubt, right? Even if God is there, is he good? Based on kind of, you know, what's happening in your life at any given time, what's happening in the world, right? If someone is in the middle of studying and developing a doctrine and they're just not sure yet yeah you ask them they don't know yeah they don't know where they stand that's yeah. not technically doubt that's no, not doubt at all i don't hey? think not i don't think not knowing an answer is is doubt right yeah i think scripture is um the most complex book and you know can also be the simplest book right all at the same time right and i think that's the beauty of it i don't know most of the answers that are found in this book, right? Yeah. We're searching for it, right? Yeah, um, my uncertainty, my confidence in my ability to answer all of those questions isn't necessarily doubt, but I still know that the answers are found there, right? Christians, especially, I think, not having the ability to, you know, give a basic defense of their faith that could create doubt in them, not knowing all of those answers. Yeah even though that they have faith, they know they believe something. That's right. They don't always necessarily know why they believe it, right? Right. They know prob they probably know where the answer is found, um, but they don't necessarily know how to find it or have ever had it explained to them properly. That's right, right. yeah. And I've been in churches where, you know, scripture not interpreted or explained or um, properly proclaimed does create doubt because things don't end up adding up right that's a good point um and so like i think that's probably normal for christians and i think it's sad um it's a sad state of like what the church is mm -hmm. today um so so i don't think that um i don't think that i think that's normal doubt i'd place more blame on churches than <laughs> than yeah. on the yeah. individual believer yeah absolutely. um is uh doubt always sin I think it most likely all the time is. 
Yeah, like I think because at, at its very root, I th- you're 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 questioning God, right? <laughs> but uh, the wonderful thing about our God is that He can take us in our doubt, and He can provide answers for that, and that increases our faith. Right. Yeah. In fact, throughout Scripture, all the things that He purposes for His people, um, you know, tribulation and suffering and hard times is to increase their faith and their trust in God. It's kind of a paradox seeing that a lot of times when we're in these situations we think our faith is being attacked and is fading away where God has historically has used these those moments in people's lives to increase their faith. Right. The entire story of the Old Testament is just such an example of that. It was God's chosen people, right? Mm-hmm. And all he did was miracles for them in their lives. And all they did was doubt him. Exactly, right? yeah. And I think it mostly always was sinful, mm-hmm. that doubt, right? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we're a little bit too nice and that we always want to say that doubt it you know like it's normal to question things and to doubt things yeah. and and i think all of that is really good yeah but I, I think um it's also good to say like when you when you are in those moments of you know those times in your life where you're doubting that that is sinful right yeah and god will lead you out of that he will persevere you through those those things right yeah absolutely and he he will allow you to to be in those situations but he's not going to keep you there mm-hmm. right yeah, absolutely. I think every time, you know, we do feel in our hearts and our souls and our minds, you know, a lack of assurance or a lack of trust in God and what he's promised us, I think we need to recognize that and not keep on pursuing that trajectory of unbelief. Right. But uh, go to his word and yeah. and uh, meet him in his word and, and on you know, the Lord's day and hear the preaching and right. receive the sacraments. Yeah. But we're jumping ahead of ourselves a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Gary Habermas in his book, dealing with doubt gives three different types of doubt, factual, emotional, and volitional. And in each type of these doubts, there's different causes and that's where they get the names from factual being fact. So if we can think of um, the apostle Thomas doubting the resurrection of Jesus when the rest of the apostles come to him and say, hey, guess what? Jesus showed up and uh, he's he's our resurrected Lord. And he says, I will never believe until I place my fingers in his side and in his hands. So that's factual doubt. Uh, emotional doubt would be emotional like circumstantial. So John the Baptist uh, in, the j- in the jail cell, you know, he's confident in the opening pages of John's gospel proclaiming here's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and he gets thrown in jail and he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus hey are you the one or should we be expecting another so that's like emotional um, circumstantial and then the last one here would be like volitional and that's voluntary doubt and that's a doubt that like goes nowhere what what we were kind of talking about the person recognizes the doubt the trajectory that it's that it's on and does nothing about it and just wallows in their doubt for a period of time and that could be just because in this time they're able to sin and it's not as convicting to them because they are 
in a state of limbo whether or not this god is real or not so it doesn't have its convicting power and they can do it more freely this could be the pharisees who should have known in the scriptures that jesus is the messiah he's fulfilling all these things and they stubbornly say no you are not dr gary habermas also says that most of the time these doubts are always working together right there could be there's not necessarily always just one reason or one type of doubt but there's two types of doubt working in the person one of the biggest moments of doubt in my life was um just factually i didn't know my faith i was coming from a year in a public high school and i really didn't know how to defend my faith or to explain explain my faith so i you know i asked my parents if they could send me to a christian school because i wanted to know more about my faith and through that summer between grade nine and grade ten my doubt it just kept on festering so I was like almost depressed <laughs> in a way. I didn't yeah. um, like, I wanted to believe in a God. Um, I, like I, I've always believed in God and now I don't feel God. It's very subjective and I don't know if he's there and it's plaguing my soul. And it was, there was a lot of nights and days where I just felt so pointless. My whole existence was pointless <laughs> if there's no God and all this other kind of stuff. By God's grace, later on in the school year, going to that Christian school and um, having Bible class and meeting more Christian friends and being able to have conversations and whatnot, God uh, maybe not answered all of my questions then and there, but he set me on the uh, right path to where, you know, these things can be answered for you. Mm. You know, I thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I had like similar experiences too with doubt growing up in the church and sort of thinking that is you know as long as I checked a few boxes that God would be there with me along the way, right? So avoiding bad things and doing good things, you know, getting baptized, going to youth group, um and then everything would just fall into line, right? And um, God would be there to help me along along the way. I didn't really, really have to get to know who God was because he was always just going to be there and help me along and life was going to be easy, right? And the darkest periods of doubt that I had in my life were just when life wasn't necessarily going so good, right? And I, you know, there were more, I, there was more bad things that I was doing than good things. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, him helping me out with life wasn't, you know, going so well. And so that led to me, you know, really thinking that maybe he wasn't there, right? And by God's grace, he led me through some dark times and pointed me to the scriptures and some glorious doctrines and that helped to to uh, get rid of some of that doubt. Um, right. You know, things that I still struggle with, but I know that there was a purpose for those seasons in my life now. And um, I know that he led me through those seasons in um, in my life, which, you know, uh, that's a great comfort. So, yeah, amen. It's, it sounds silly to say, but, uh, you know, I was using God as kind of my co-pilot, right? When he wasn't a very good co-pilot, then he, he, he almost wasn't even real anymore. When life wasn't turning out how I think it should, uh, it causes me to doubt, right? It still does that, you know, yeah. <laughs> just shows you, just shows you how, um, like how sinful 
you know, doubt can actually be, right? Right, (laughs) right. Absolutely. And I also have to say that the example I gave in my doubt, I actually held to a different view of faith than I Mm. hold to now. Yeah. And that view was that I was responsible for my perseverance in my faith. Yep. I was responsible to keep this thing going. Yep. You know, God would do his part. work part. Yeah, God would do his part and I would do my part. I think that played a really big part in my struggle. Yeah, with me doubt. too. And I think the thing that was um so uh just heartbreaking for me too in my seasons of doubt was that I was ultimately I was ultimately responsible for my salvation too, right? Yeah. And so when I was doubting and when I was, um, you know, living, you know, in sin, yeah. right? Um, like, what was I going to do, mm-hmm. right? It, uh, I was I was doomed. Faith was something that I did. It wasn't a gift from God, right? It wasn't something that he was working in me. Right. It's not as the Apostle Paul writes here in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, grace is the gift. Well, grace is a gift, but faith, it also mentions faith in here. Right. And that faith is a gift. Yeah. It's not just that the grace is a gift, but the faith is you need to conjure up and produce it. Yeah. Both things are grace. Yeah, and see, that's just not not just not something that I grasped, right? Like, well, yeah, it, it, it was never, you know, like it was that was never taught, taught, right? And so, um, you know, if I if I would have understood that 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 gift, that faith was a gift, yeah, um, I'm not sure how those dark periods in my life would have looked, right? True, because um, you and me are both still prone to doubt. Yep. And you know we're not uh, we we're not saying that we've reached some place where we don't doubt, <laughs> no. No, right? So and we will always until uh, Christ returns or calls us home. So I want to say that I like, think in, I think intellectually though um, there's a different um, there's a different mindset absolutely in that because the um, the New Testament says you know that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Right. And that has, that will happen to mature believers. Right. As life goes on. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily mature, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, 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 uh, as opposed but to 10 we years are, ago. No, I, no, I, I don't think, yeah, it was opposed to 10 years ago. And I don't think it's bad to say that we are, like you're maturing. Yeah. Right. Um, well, we, we hope we are. We right? hope we are. Right. Like right. that's the, that's the, that's the goal, right? Absolutely. right. <laughs> like we, and that's not us that's maturing a, either, that's right? That's not us maturing. That's the Holy Spirit maturing that's us. sanctification, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. It's, it's not boasting. It's No, absolutely not. I think it's... Um, I would I'm, still be... I'm just, I, like, incredibly thankful, right? Like, right? No kidding. It's, and and I think you want everybody else to have that too, right? Like Absolutely. And uh, just to know that, hey, guess what? You can, like, take your hands off the controls yeah. and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And what he's meant to do, and that is to point you ever more to Christ and to conform your image into his image more and more. Yeah. Uh, we know, and we're at a different place. Uh, we we have embraced 
what some have called uh, the doctrines of grace. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll be talking about that in a later episode. You know, that uh, we are incapable of saving ourselves. We are incapable of coming to God on our own. But God, before the foundation of the world, elects us. He chooses us. And he will save us. And he will make us persevere to the end. So we've adopted uh, those teachings. Yeah. And I think... um... I think it uh, it changes the way that I doubt a little bit too, right? No, yeah, that's where um, I'm going with that, yeah. Yeah, like uh, one of the things that helps me with doubt is actually just the doctrine of original sin, right? Um, because most of the doubting in my life comes from my circumstances or why the world is so messed up, right? Yeah. Um, maybe saying, God, why is this happening to me, right? Well now I kind of know like why it's happening. Right. Um, and I know that I'm the problem. God's not the problem, right? God being a bad co-pilot isn't the problem, right? right? He is always going to be faithful. So that, that changes my doubting a little bit, right? Absolutely. So we embrace the doctrines of grace. Yep. Let's not dumb down our theology. Right. So that doubt can linger in our hearts. Yeah. If doubt is plaguing our lives, we've bought into the lie that God doesn't keep his promises. Right. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And so don't don't dumb down your theology to fit your doubt. Right. That's that's how it's changed a little bit, right? Yeah. Is I can look at my doubt through that lens, which is God keeping his promises to us. You think he about... is going to carry me through. He made promises to Abraham. Yeah. And Abraham and all the generations after Abraham in their own way have forfeited God's promises. Yeah. Yet it never failed. Right. Because it's not based on their performance. It's yeah. based on the promise giver. Yeah. And so don't dumb down your theology. Right. The, the promise giver is faithful. Yeah. Even if you are not. Mm-hmm. And he will strengthen you and encourage you in your faith. He will open up his word to you to strengthen you and to preserve you to the end. In a nutshell, this is what Calvinism is. You don't believe in order to belong to Jesus. You believe because you already do. If you enjoyed this episode of A Kindled Faith, please make sure to subscribe in itunes or your favorite podcatcher and you can drop us an email at a at gmail.com and you can find us on facebook and instagram at a kindled faith <laughs>